we're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You and some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Thank you to Rick. Thank you to Al. Welcome to the Suck It Shank podcast, the 95th version of Entitled Town. My name is Mike Irons. Uh, we, we are going to get gray and old once again in this podcast. The demo is certainly uh, over the age of 40 for us. We're going to go in the Wayback Machine, talk the 2001 AFC title game against the Steelers, uh, who basically won the Super Bowl that year. Anyway, uh, a good weekend of football, as everyone's been talking about. But let's, Mike, on Route 1, let's go to you. Uh, the Buffalo, Kansas City, absolute pinball machine mess Sunday night. Uh, over, it, had, it had it all. Um, like, like George Costanza, it had the overtime rule bitching, the Josh Ballin, Patrick Mahomes ball washing, and Josh Allen is now the new the new national media binky. He did, didn't get the ball in overtime. What a tragedy. What were your thoughts of uh, the Buffalo-Kansas City game wrapping up a damn good weekend of football Sunday night? Yeah. Um, first, if I may, the um, the Tom Brady elimination party uh, this Friday, <laughs> 7 o'clock, Kowloon. Hi, how are you? Uh, but... Um, that, that was a hell of a game. And, you know, um, we do, you know, get on people for overreacting the moment, but yeah, it was, it was one of the better games I've seen. You know, I think one of, and I, I like that people do that. Like I've seen, like, as if there are some other games that like other people have seen that you haven't, like it's, it's, it's kind of unnecessary, but I guess that's what we do. But uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the, from the people like, you know, Matt Chatham, who, who I like and is one of, you know, the, you know, probably the only good media member in this town as far as the Patriots goes, you know, in my opinion. Um, but doing the, oh, it, it's, it's you know, it, it's not real. There's no defense. They've, they've completely gutted the game. Ah, yeah, I, I get that to some degree, but it was also entertaining as hell. Um, and I thought, you know, all day Sunday, there were, there were uh, coaching errors. And the one thing I will note is that, you know, the Patriots did kick short in 2018, the AFC championship gaming in Kansas city to burn time. It didn't work out for them, but um, you know, there were, there were 30, what, 39 seconds left, I guess in in 2018, there was 13 here um, and Bill did kick short of the end zone. So I think it burned seven seconds. So that was my immediate thought as soon as I saw that. And and it was like, Oh geez, he didn't do it. And there was just a lot of that. Um, on Sunday, of course, uh, you know, Josh, the Josh Allen thing is, is in a loss. Uh, you know, Mahomes was certainly his equal. So what are what are we doing? But, you know, it's it makes sense. He's the new thing. And um, I've I've my statements on him are, are out there. And, you know, I OK, receipts. exist. I, and I, I, I own I own scrambling Drew and I will still I, I don't <laughs> think it's a way I don't think it, I don't think it's a way to a. a 12-year NFL career as a as a top three quarterback I, I just I don't see it and I heard I've heard too many things the last few days where he's the, the greatest thing ever and I'm fine you know I, I like the guy the Patriots have as, as far as long term but 
that that those are, I, I I don't have anything else, but there were there was a lot of things that jumped out in that game, and I, I thought it was entertaining as hell. I'm, I'm not you know I'm not going to pretend I didn't enjoy it. So the skeptic in me wants to compare Josh Allen to Dante Culpepper, who fell off the proverbial cliff about 15 years ago after he left Minnesota with with Mar, uh, Moss and Carter and all those guys. Um, I would have you know a little bit of Dominique Wilkins in the uh, the Bird oh. Duel in '87 with that. Mike, Mike, yeah. we, we 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 that was my comparison. That's my he is Dominique Wilkins. That that is my comparison. That is that is that is my comp. A hundred percent. That is damning with faint praise. I agree. I, I think great player, really talented, and that that's it. That's what I think of him. Yeah, Dan, we were talking um, before we came on air a little bit earlier about we were comparing the the, the thirteen seconds that the Chiefs had to advance the ball. The Patriots faced a similar situ- situation in Super Bowl 49 towards the end of the first half when Chris Matthews caught a touchdown pass in front of the snake bit Kyle Arrington. And, you know, John and I were watching that game together. We're screaming at the TVs, hold him, tackle him, just make Pete Carroll make a tough decision from the one whether to kick a, a chip shot field goal or to go for the go for broke and go for the touchdown. What were your thoughts watching that game? I, mean, I, I find it funny that, you know, our, we both went back to that moment from Super Bowl 49. Yeah. So, and I was even asking you, what, what is to stop a team from just doing that? What, what you were saying that there's some sort of rule in place where they can't uh, just hold them, hold them at the line or check them at the line. They're going to, I didn't put, verify it, but I, you can't I, do that. Yeah. It, the, if they think you're doing it to kill time, it'll be 15 yards and the time, time kept on yeah, the, the clock. The, yeah. the time stays on the clock. So, I mean, there, there was nothing stopping Kyle Arrington from certainly just tackling Chris Matthews when he got beat in the end zone. But I think, you know, double teaming the the uh the eligible receivers and having three guys you know two guys each tackle them would certainly if it was legal be the right play but it's it's de- it's well mike's confirmed can confirm it's a penalty that was me. seven that was 2017 when that when that changed i believe okay gotcha yeah um so that makes sense so you have to be a good actor to get away with it but uh, still yeah. check them at the line don't just you know let's let's just give let's just give kelsey a free free release yeah, I, I, they were. I, I'm guessing I didn't read a lot about the game, the reactions of the press conferences after the game. I'm guessing they were scared to death of the despicable Tyreek Hill. Scarcy, what were you thinking watching that game, the end of that game? It was, uh, it was, a, there was a lot going on, that's for certain. It was, uh, the, the, the terrible thing, of course, is that it's going to lead to more ridiculous uh, fairness bowl talk yeah. and things like that. Everyone whose team loses in a situation like this becomes like the uh, city councilman in uh, RoboCop, <laughs> who's, you know, got the mayor hostage and is listing his demands. And one of them is, and I demand a recount. And even if I lose, I want my old job back. <laughs> people, just, people just get absolutely crazy. That was a 1980s. What's your reference? So we're creeping closer to the mill- <laughs> But <laughs> we're totally ripping off Shank stick here. We really are. We really are morphing into sons of Shank. But we become, you know, what, we become the, what we hate. We become what we hate. Yeah, without the arrest yeah. record, allegedly. I'm sorry, right. Scott. I'm stepping on you. I don't like that arrest record talk. But anyway, <laughs> way, we can go over. To, you, you did a good job of uh, getting getting push, pushing my point forward here. <laughs> everyone everyone likes everyone likes the rules when they win you lose all of a sudden it's different how about that there there has to be a winner and a loser this isn't uh this isn't soccer where you can end in a tie and it's a playoff game where it can't end in a tie you're just going to have to understand that 
things happen. And if you can't win the game in regulation, well, then there's going to be some shame on you for that. Well, scrambling Drew didn't take a page from Matthew Slater's playbook calling heads uh, for the overtime coin toss <laughs> in, the, in the playoff game at Kansas City. John, uh, you, you saw the, the very end of the Kansas City game. Did you take any pleasure as I did? I take no pleasure in the Chiefs winning, honestly, but I take a, a lot of pleasure of Sean McDermott stepping on his dick and having it blow up in his face. It was it, that, that part of it was beautiful. Yeah, I think that was a nice way for it to end. One of those teams had to win. So I guess you're picking, you know, how would you like the loser to lose? And the Bills lost in epic Bills fashion, uh, perfectly befitting their franchise and um, and their town, frankly. So congrats to them. Um, you know, you can't qualify for the Fairness Bowl, though, if you can't pass the Competence Bowl. And there is no competence nice. when you give up what 50 yards in 13 seconds i mean are you kidding me and you know the the crazy thing about it was who was surprised that the chiefs pulled that off like i'm watching it and i'm like no this is this is really a one in a million shot what kansas city just did and buffalo was so goddamn incompetent leading up to that in what little of the game i watched it they couldn't they wouldn't have stopped the five of us like we could have gone five wide and been tearing up those those magnificent safeties, Poyer and Hyde. I mean, give me a break. The the fact that they were shadowing Kelsey uh, toward the out of bounds sideline when the Chiefs still had timeouts, there was absolutely no Un- reason for that. I mean, they they called timeouts before each of Kansas City's plays to set up their defense, and this is what they did. I mean, I don't you know, Sean McDermott has to have a dick to step on it. And I don't, I don't know that he even had one in that moment. Leslie Frazier showed why he's like, I don't, I, he's always been kind of Leslie Frazier, kind of vanilla, you know, whatever defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah, he, he was dealt a really full deck with that team and that defense has been pretty good this year, but I don't know what the hell happened. They were, that moment was too big for those guys. Right. I think it's probably as simple as that. I like that. That, yeah. that was a, the chiefs have been there. They're a battle hardened team as much as it pains me to say it. Uh, they got guys that have won, and the Bills have none of that, right? Especially on the defensive side, they got none of that. McDermott, Frazier, the rest of those guys, you know, what did they say? Uh, you know, De Niro, when he was playing uh, Capone in the Untouchables, you know, you're a lot of talk and a badge, right? That's basically what the Bills were. They were a lot of talk and a badge. They had nothing to back it up in the moment when it mattered. And, you know, they'll be watching the games like us this weekend. A lot of the pieces in that Buffalo team are older on the defensive side of the ball as well, and right about the time when Josh Allen's contract starts exploding. So well, they the, also, I believe they missed uh, Tredavious White terribly in this yeah, game. I, I agree that that's it. Really, kind of reared its ugly head there. I thought, do you get John? Do you know what the the live odds were after Buffalo scored to go ahead with 13 seconds left to go ahead by three? What the live betting odds were for Kansas City to win that game? No, I, I do normally check that, but it I, was surprisingly uh, I low. It. it was only 16 to one, which means that even huh. the odds makers factored in McDermott and the bills stepping on their dicks. I <laughs> thought you, I thought you made a, a great point in the, in the, uh, the, the thread that we have going between the five of us is, you know, we, we supposedly had a bad shank profited off all of our misery for years with, uh, you know, Bucky Dent and the bill Buckner game and the Aaron Boone game. And think about Buffalo, not only losing four Super Bowls in a row, they get the mir- mm-hmm. Music City Miracle, wide right, and now the now 13 seconds. I mean, it's 
you know, Buffalo is a factory of sadness, as I said in the last podcast, but they, I would, they would be, but the factories are all closed. Mike on route one, what's your updated preferred champion rankings? <laughs> um, well, the, the good news is that, is that the AFC goes first. So I think, you know, there, there was two things here. So like in a vacuum, if, if the, the, you have to root for kind of last week, it was a bit complex, right? Cause you had to kind of like Saturday night, even though I would have preferred the Niners to win, I had to root for the Packers. So it was kind of like, because I, you know, I, you can't risk the fact that the, that the Buccaneers were going to lose on Sunday. You, you couldn't bank on that. So I, I kind of had to root for the Packers so that the Bucs would have to go on the road. Fortunately, you know, it was a wonderful, wonderful afternoon on Sunday, but so I, I'm going, um, you know, I think of course Rams Niners, you can flip a coin. So if, if the, um, if the chiefs lose the early game, then I, um, I, I think you can go for, you can go for the Niners. Um, you you got to root for the Niners there. Um, just no reason, but I, I like Jimmy G. Yeah. Jimmy. Uh, yeah. And, and, they're, and, I, and they're a better story, I guess, than, than the Rams. But, um, you know, I, I think clearly if, if the, the chiefs win that game, you got to root for the Rams and having a home game, um, despite the fact that the chiefs fans will cry that, that Mahomes had Pat poor Pat, I uh, had to go on the road twice in the Super Bowl, but yeah, Rams, Niners, and then in Cincy and then Chiefs is just, that's a, that's not a great scenario, but you know, of all the outcomes of the weekend, I guess the Chiefs being a, a bad outcome, that's one I can actually live with. Actually, this is, I'm going off script here, Mike, um, little, again, in the thread earlier, Garoppolo has been very mistake prone as a quarterback, as the quarterback of the Niners. And I'm, I'm with you. I firmly believe if Garoppolo had succeeded Brady here, he'd be a much more, He's, I mean, as Scartelli said, he's made out of fine china, but I, I really think the mistakes could be, be minimized with Belichick as his coach. I think he's a terrific player. He's really good. And I, I think he's, to me, he passes, you know, a couple of things that I like, which is kind of accurate, gets the ball out at times, but, and I think would do better with Bill, to your point. And he, I just, I think he's a high character guy and he, he just, he's the kind of guy that I want as my quarterback. He doesn't do stupid things and say stupid things. And he's not Aaron Rodgers. And I just, he's handled, that was a shitty situation he was put in this year and he handled it really well. And I think that that's to his credit. And, you know, if the Patriots were not able to get Mac Jones at 15, I was beating the drum pretty hard in the off season for Mac, despite that being a kind of prohibitive contract and giving up assets and putting them in a tougher cap situation. This guy, I think, I think he, yeah, he certainly would be better here, but um, I, 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 I like the guy and I kind of always thought he was, he's pretty damn good. And, you know, if he makes two Super Bowls, that's, that's a pretty darn good quarterback, you know? Well, this is beautiful. You and Greg Bedard in lockstep regarding Jimmy G returning to the Patriots. I had no clue. John, you live in the, uh, the Bay area in California. Uh, what's the what's the scuttlebutt with Jimmy G out there? Do, do they trust him? Are they ready to drive him to the airport? Is Trey Lance <laughs> the chosen one? Well, I think on Twitter, Trey Lance is still the they're still hoping Trey Lance might start this weekend. I think, um, you know, I'm reminded of a text you and I had back on November 15th before the Niners hosted the Rams. The Niners were three and five, right? They were a dog at home to the Rams. They ended up whipping the Rams, turned their season around that night. And I was thinking at the time, based on the scuttlebutt at the moment, um, oh my God, there is a chance that Josh McDaniels will get hired as a head coach, right? I'm not that I'm rooting for that, but Josh McDaniels could get hired as a head coach, putting Kyle Shanahan on the open market 
maybe Kyle Shanahan will get his quarterback after all and come to New England to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> that was, that was, I had this fantasy at the moment. Like if the Niners are going to get beat against the Rams, they're going to go to three and six. There's going to be calls for the Trey Lance era to start. And like, there's a parallel universe where that happened. The Niners season went off the rails. They turned it over to Trey Lance. They went three and 14 and uh, you know, and Kyle Shanahan gets fired and, and comes over to new England. But here they are, as, as Mike on Route 1 was saying, Jimmy G, who probably is a reasonable comp for Mac Jones, right? By, by the way, I would say the three quarterbacks of the four remaining don't look all that dissimilar from Mac Jones when it comes to kind of mobility, pocket passer. I mean, I know Matt Stafford has a, a big-time, you know, cannon arm. He has arm talent, Garopp- John. The phrase is right. arm talent. But Garoppolo, I look at Garoppolo, and then I look at Burrow, and I'm like, how different are these guys than Mac Jones, right? So, so that goofball narrative of like these amazing mobile quarterbacks are the, again, the wave of the future. I'm looking at three out of four that are pocket passers um, that, you know, that are, are you know, accurate and, and win football games. So that aside, yeah, I'm, I'm down with the Niners this weekend. I'd love to see the Niners go back to the Super Bowl. I got nothing but respect for Garoppolo, the way he's persevered. I like the way Mike on Route 1 put it. You know, that season, uh, the way he got kind of stuck with Trey Lance, people calling for Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance is is made for the NFT football fan, yeah. right, with his with his weird-ass throws. He had an awesome throw in the preseason. Everybody was all excited about it. Um, but he can't find the field. And Jimmy G is battling through injury, showing a lot of perseverance. I don't know that Niner fans um, generally are smart enough to appreciate what they have with Garoppolo, but a lot of Patriots fans weren't smart enough to appreciate what they had with Brady. So there you go. Good point. Dan, do you want to pull up your chair to this row regarding Garoppolo? What do you think? You know, first, uh, Scarzi was referencing RoboCop and John was referencing uh, The Untouchables. So I was racking my brain trying to come up with a 80s movie reference. <laughs> Got nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board the Jimmy G train. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I like that defense. I think they might have the best chance of uh, going beating the Chiefs. Uh, God love the Bengals, but that line's going to get uh, Burrow killed. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting for them going in. Well, I think the eighties movie reference I'll pull regarding Joe Burrow was nine times, nine <laughs> times. Scartelli, let's, uh, let's go back. Uh, you know, Rams 30 Buccaneers 27. When it was 27 to three, everybody was, was raising an eye. Uh, there's been a lot of talk around Brady this week started by California bill mind you in the past couple of weeks about Brady retiring after this season and Tommy's been a little mopey after the game and, and let me ask you this am I being too skeptical in thinking that all this this Tom stuff in his podcast and the the rumblings that he might retire is it being skeptical of me too skeptical of me to think this is just all just an ad for his uh, TV vanity project the documentary <laughs> Short answer, no. And let me expand on that. We can just go at you after you, you almost you almost have to feel for Tom after uh, seeing that game go go the way it did. And because it went the way it did, you have to feel like he's sort of like the uh, protagonist from uh, one froggy evening where every time he's got, where he's got the documentary going, he's got the Tom versus time. He's got uh, this thing going on right now. And you know he's trying desperately to stage manage it to getting to the Super Bowl with it. And it has not worked out for him. 
it's maybe maybe you should just you know maybe not do a documentary the next time around maybe just let these things happen <laughs> organically these are just my two cents but uh i i do believe that there's a uh unfortunate uh manningification of tom that's happening over the past couple seasons Ooh, I like that. And, was, was uh, that a, was that a a a, a... 1950s cartoon reference chuck jones one front uh, that, that, that may even be the 40s <laughs> hello, is that like the hello my baby hello my yeah, exactly that, that's it <laughs> so the guy, topical. You know, very topical guy. hello my baby hello my honey hello my ragtime gal send me a kiss by wire Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. The kids, <laughs> the kids are lining up. Oh, the, everyone loved the WB. Come on, man. We got NFTs. We got 50s cartoons. Our pets' heads are falling off. Jesus Christ. Is, is it wrong, uh, John? Is it wrong of me? When it was, uh, when yes. Brady, well, thanks. Appreciate the <laughs> feedback. When Brady got hit, the, when Brady was bleeding from the lip, he got the personal foul from Guns Jr. And he was over on the sidelines looking dazed when it was 27 to 3. Am, am I a bad Patriots fan? Because I wanted to see like Rudy Giuliani having this shoe polish hair dye stream <laughs> down his cheek with the sweat. Is it wrong? I wanted to see a little yes. bit of, of Tom's shoe polish coming down. No, it is wrong. That is wrong. And what you really wanted, what you should say is you wanted to see Brady choke slam the Upton Bell of referees, Sean Huckle. <laughs> I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Who the fuck is that guy? Like, the, first of all, you have two idiots back there. Their job is to watch the quarterback, right? Maybe watch holding occasionally, but really helmet, watch the quarterback. It was helmet to helmet. It was helmet to helmet. Right? Two guys ish, are back there. Yeah. They miss. Oh my God. It was, it was even no. worse than Woodson hitting Brady in the snow game. Right. It was even worse than that. And they missed that. And Brady's pissed off. He's showing him the blood and Hockley tries to make it about himself. Nobody gives a shit about Sean Hockley. Right. And he, he, he compounds missing the call with flag and Brady. So yes, I remain maybe the most pro Brady person on this podcast, I guess it was Team wrong mom. for you to want shoe polish running down his face. It was wrong for you to be less than sympathetic that blood was running down his chin. It is. Like and I'm, I'm muting you right there. Screw that. I'm, I'm muting John. You're done. <laughs> you don't talk about kid hockey that way. Yeah. It's you know, I, whatever happened to, to red Cashin? the days of red Cashin and uh, it was the number nine, Jerry. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, it's a uh, hockey. Jerry, Mar Jerry Markbright, correct. Again, just the timely references do not stop. <laughs> Mike, wrap it up. Uh, your feelings watching Brady go down oh. in Tampa on. Uh, it was, you know, it, it was like 307 maybe. And my wife walked into the, came downstairs. And I was like standing watching the game. I was, I was standing on the bricks of the, I was, I'm, this is insert Pete Carroll uh, top hat gif on the bricks of like in front of the fireplace, like standing up. And she just looked at me and did I'm mixing my gif metaphors here. And she did like the grandpa Simpson walking in and like walking out. <laughs> just did a U-turn. Like I, I'm, I have not had that much anxiety watching a, you know, probably watching a non-Patriots game before and certainly didn't have as much joy as when, cup caught that ball that was oh, that was amazing well, how the hell I, do you I, blitz the corner that's covering uh, cooper cup there 
It, that was great. I mean, <laughs> I enjoyed every second of that. Do you game. need a cigarette I, now? I, I hated it. Oh, I, I, I was, I was, I was done. I mean, I would not be here right now. I don't think if they had, if they had come back from that, that would have been miserable, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what Tom's end is here with, with this strategy, but you know, I, I would enjoy, I want him to retire because I just want this to be put to bed, but if he does come back and, and I, I kind of hope he does. So under the, um, circumstances where where he gets sort of arian so that would kind of mean he couldn't play for bill fitch he couldn't play for casey jones so what do you what do you want big guy that so i would enjoy that yeah good po- really good points there i will say um watching that game with a couple of seahawks fans when cam Akers fumble is like they is that fucking brady a sorcerer they're gonna win this goddamn game and when fournette yeah. scored Fournette yep. scored. I thought it was a fait accompli. I was, yes, you know, yes. tip your tip your cap to Matt Stafford. I was, I mean, fully prepared for redheaded Drew to throw in a, a pick six there. <laughs> I'm sorry, but fucking McVeigh after the 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 first fumble, well, after yep. the first pick, even before the fumble, the first fumble in the first half, when when they got the interception, he started. He was coaching with his hands around his neck. I couldn't believe it, and yep. I kind of I like the guy. Yeah, and it wasn't you know we usually talk about decisions as far as like okay what what do you do in this situation? It was like it was like a it wasn't a situational thing. It was his whole approach. It completely changed, and he lost his mind throughout the rest of the game. And he was coaching with his hands around his neck. That was unbelievable how bad he was. And, you know, just the timeout, like it was the complete opposite of 49 where Bill's looking at the other sideline and seeing what they're seeing. The Buccaneers didn't think, you know, they, they didn't realize it was fourth down. I don't think. And they didn't realize that. So they just call timeout. That's what you do. It, it was, that was a, a terrible performance by McVay. And I, I kind of, I kind of liked the guy that, that was bad. Yeah. They were a mess. Uh, it's particularly in that situation. That's a great, pullback about bill looking over the other sideline at the end of 49 uh, before i throw it to you dan to, to wrap this up cam Akers fumbles you put him back in he fumbles a second time what's the one thing sony michelle excels at holding on to the goddamn football but i'm a Sony one carry fan. one carry for sony michelle are you fucking kidding me on that too i mean give me a break you know I what is it's lombardi made the point on his podcast this isn't little league participation trophies rah rah cam Akers. congratulations on coming back we're going to keep putting you out there with your 2.0 yards per carry and two fumbles like Sony Michelle with one carry I, to your point, Mike on route one, I don't know what the hell McVay was doing, but it was, it was trying like hell to lose that game. Agreed. Dan, what were your thoughts uh, on the, the Buccaneers Rams game and Brady's possible retirement as well? I was thinking about poor Mike on route one during that when Brady was mounting the comeback, I was thinking, Oh, <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> He's in agony. Um, no, I I'm unashamedly, was rooting against Tom for that game. Um, you know, as far as retirement's concerned, I was listening to the podcast that he did and I was trying to see if I could sense anything in the tonality, you know, cause everybody's saying, Oh, this could be it. This could be it. And I, and I thought, no way, you know, he's, he's, he's said he's going to play till this long. And he, and the, the thing I think about it with these type of athletes is this is all they've done. And He's surrounded by guys. I'm sure he's talked to guys like Manning and Edelman who had to give it up because of injuries. We're probably telling him, you know, hold on as for as long as you still can, but he's also an outlier and he's an elite player that's played at that level for longer than anybody. So, you you Mm -hmm. know, there's no precedent to know what he's going to do. Maybe his family actually did has convinced him to uh, that enough's enough, but I'll believe it when I see it. I can't believe, I think maybe Brady's greatest achievement in a career full of great achievements 
is not letting that yappa, yappa, yappa from that yappy broad of his get in his ear. They're just bringing him, as Mike and Root once said in our thread, Mike, I, Mike, I want you to wrap this one up because I don't think anyone loathes uh, Super G more than I, uh, I do, unless it's you. Yeah. Um, it is a miracle that he has survived this long. And I think he's, um, you know, she, it seems to me she's been in his ear for a long time about, and he talks about it constantly every, it's like every year, like if I had to put a year on it, what is it? 2012, 2013, maybe where she's just like, Oh, she doesn't want me to play anymore. Like, I don't get it. Uh, does she think his brains are going to be that scrambled? Maybe, but like, it's just, it's very weird. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like that about <laughs> that whole situation because like, come on, just, like he's the best ever to do this. Let him enjoy it. You know, if he kills over at 83, as opposed to 92, like, all right, you know, he's the greatest to ever do it. Like, God, give the guy a break. Good Lord. Let, let him enjoy it. He like, what else is he going to do? Like, he's going to be miserable when he retires from this. I, I the, the first time I remember going, what the hell is she doing is after the, the second loss, the Giants in 46. But I, my cousin cannot throw Z-ball and catch Z-ball at the same time. So uh, women weak in legs. Sorry, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I hope the shoe polish holds up. All right, it's time to get in the Wayback Machine, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 Patriots season. Here we go. Bledsoe. God, what a and dummy. <laughs> Bledsoe throws this side. That's complete to Patton. And Patton is out of bounds at about the 11. Bledsoe throwing. Corner of the end zone. Touchdown. <laughs> Celebrations in the Patriots. That was a, a truly unbelievable moment. They, I will pay Drew this compliment. They probably don't win that game without him, with Brady going down. A, even the best sequence of his career, he still recreates the fucking Mo Lewis hit and almost knocks himself out of the game. Uh, Mike, what are your, your memories of that game? I also would like to point out that Drew started off that game three for three for 36 yards. And there's this great hagiography, and I'm trying not to get on my soapbox here. The Drew saved the season. He was great in that drive, certainly. The rest of the game, he was 7 of 18 for 65 yards. That's under four yards in attempt. He put the ball in jeopardy a number of times in that game, including the infamous over-the-shoulder flip, and thank God Jason Gilden or some other despicable stealer wasn't there. The entire second half of that game, largely because of Drew, Mike on Route 1, was white knuckle time. That's what I remember about that game. Yeah, so um, the 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 thing that's interesting to me to that is, you know, Mike Michael Holly um, is the you know the blindest squirrel finding the smallest nut, but the the information in Patriot Rain is still unprecedented in this in twenty years, and it's not been matched um, in my view. I don't think, and I think I paid kind of close attention to this stuff, but you know what what he he wrote in Patriot Rain was that Bledsoe's statistics according to the Patriots coaching staff in that game were one mental error. And I assume that's the sky hook to nowhere um, Four bad throw, four bad throws and four bad choices. So uh, how many passes did he throw? 21. Uh, 
Right. So out of those, there were nine that were questionable. Four bad throws, four bad choices, one mental error. So close to, you know, we're getting close to the 50% of his his dropbacks being uh, a problem for them. So it makes total sense that obviously they're going back to him. And, you know, one of those, of course, was Joey Porter having cinder blocks for hands. But, um, <laughs> you know, not to uh, not to go back, you know, last week I, I was saying about the Raiders game. I watched that in basic training. So I was in my advanced individual training for this game. And uh, I, in order to watch the game, it was a little bit more, more lenient during AIT. They would allow you allow certain, you know, you could have more leniency, but it was really early on. It was the second weekend, I think at the first weekend of, of being there. And uh, I, there was a drill sergeant from New Hampshire and I had to basically uh, bribe him to, uh, to rig this drawing where they put everybody's names on a hat. And if your name got drawn out of it, you could watch the game and he was compassionate enough for me. And if he is listening to this and I'm sure he's not, um, he was, he let me watch, he drew my name. He, he put my name on a piece of paper and had it in his hand and, and drew out of the hat and let me watch the game. So I'll, I'm forever grateful for that because, you know, I, my, my feelings on the Steelers are, are, are well known. And um, I, you know, this game to me kind of stands alone in the early in the early days of the, of the franchise as uh just a glorious experience and nothing nothing makes me happier than this and doing it on the road will always be uh be more enjoyable than doing it at home my takeaway from that is that who knew the u.s military was like shawshank trading to tar the roof of the <laughs> a couple of, a couple of fellow who who knew but a couple of fellows of me uh we we got chosen for that job and we enjoyed a a, a bucket of suds you know? <laughs> Scarty, um old old board talk time uh the cancel the cancel those reservations game um that was a that was a wonderful game the patriots were so offended by the the steelers making reservations before that game uh what are your memories of that game drew aside of course drew aside you gotta think it was uh all three all three phases of the game you had uh what was it a punt return touchdown yep troy from, brown uh, troy brown uh antoine harris had uh the, he grabbed the uh it was a blocked punt, blocked field goal, something along those lines. Blocked field goal, a lateral from Troy Brown, the great the Antoine lateral. Harris. Very, very much. It's, uh, and of course, because uh, because those weren't uh, you know points scored on offense, Pittsburgh to this day feels that you know the better team didn't win or some such nonsense. Yeah, no kidding. Heinz Ward said they basically won the Super Bowl, uh, which which will forever you know cast light on my dark heart. Dan, what are, you, what are your memories of that game in Pittsburgh? I, I honestly, Jerome Bettis never scared me. John actually dubbed at one point Cordell Stewart. He dubbed him Cordell, no worm is safe Stewart with his, his missiles into the ground. What do you remember <laughs> about that game from, two, uh, from uh, January 25th, 2002? 27th, excuse me. As, as Spygate focused as I am, I was going in the same direction as Scartsy, which is about how Heinz Ward is saying, oh, they knew everything that was, that they, they knew all our plays and in in a game where Bledsoe completed less than 50% of his passes and they had two special teams touchdowns. No, it's, 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 yeah, it's very true. Uh, John, you last, we have our Steeler lackey friends down at, uh, down in Portland and we got a, a lot of retroactive shit about the better team didn't win that sort of thing. I think the best part of our, of that was the Steelers yapping all throughout the off season. The better team didn't win Heinz Ward's quote. Yeah. The Steelers come to the opening of Gillette, to the banner ceremony, the first game in Gillette Stadium uh, on Monday night, the following season, and they get absolutely 
steamrolled by the Patriots 30 to 14 and the game wasn't that wasn't even that close. So mm-hmm. that but this is, you know, you're living on the West Coast in the early 2000s, particularly the 01 season. You got to watch the Raiders snow game. What stood out to you about the AFC title game at Heinz Field? Oh, such good memories of that game, because like you said, I, I watched it with the Steeler lackeys and it was, you know, my my wife's best friend's husband was a hardcore, legitimate Steelers fan and had a crew of Steeler fan friends. And all season we were getting together socially and watching games with those guys. And, <laughs> you know, wouldn't you know, AFC championship game, we're at their house watching the game. And I really actually thought they were going to like, we've been friends all season, amicable. I really thought they were going to kick my ass in that game. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't control how giddy I was watching it. And you might recall, Mike, this is when you had your next Dell. I remember um, talking to you at halftime at the end of that game. Absolutely. We're talking at halftime. uh, The, 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 the the touchdown to make it with 20, was it 24 to three? Um, it was 24 the, the, to three and the Steelers scored two touchdowns in the third quarter. Yeah, and, yeah Steelers yeah. scored two touchdowns to make it close. Uh, Vinatieri kicked a field goal to make it 24 to three, as I recall. And, but it was the touchdown. It was the, the blocked field goal uh, that Scarcy touched on Troy Brown uh, laterals to Harris for the, the return it to make it what 21 to three. I had to leave the house. Like they, they wanted me out, you know, I, cause I was like calling you in like the kitchen, you know, Oh man, what a play. Oh man. Like that. And they were like, you know, so sick of that shit. <laughs> I had to leave the house after that one. Uh, it was, it was great. And like you said, I mean, then, you know, I watched the, the AFC championship with those guys a couple years later when Dion branch is waving bye-bye and they blew the doors <laughs> off the Steelers. Right. Like they, they really fucking hated me by the time I left Portland, you know, it's Patriots just, they own their sorry asses. It was but that was that was a wonderful win. What a wonderful win that was! Oh man, what a what a winning in all phases except offense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know you, you fast forward 15 years to the 2016 AFC title game. Everybody in Pittsburgh knew they were going to get throttled that game. It was beautiful yeah. to watch. Roethlisberger, yeah. the the Patriots Steelers is not a rivalry because a hammer and nail are not rivals. I even take pleasure in the, the last Pittsburgh, uh, the last game Brady played against the Steelers, if I'm remembering correctly. It was the uh, the loss in 2018 that kind of signaled a sea change in offensive philosophy for the Patriots when Joe Hayden picked off a Brady pass late in that game. The Steelers have the Steelers have won six Super Bowls. This is not some slapdick franchise to steal a Scarty phrase. They have a photo of that game in their Hall of Fame, beating the mm-hmm. Patriots in a regular season game in a year that the Patriots won the Super Bowl. That is never, ever not funny to me. Uh, yeah. That's Indy's just, move. Yeah, to hang a banner, put a banner on. Yeah, um, yeah that, that the Steelers, you know, don't even God bless them. I just, I, they couldn't be more relevant to me. And I can't wait wow. to see. I just hope Garoppolo doesn't go there. There or Denver, if uh, the Niners wind up to use that ass. Mm. Because back, that to, was, back to Troy Brown. Two previous coaches had no idea what to do with him. Great point. And, he's practice. and another thing with, with, with Brown, right? Like he, he, he's not the, you know, these people like they're, they're obsessed with Madden, right? The, the, the kids these days and the people that write about this, this game uh, and Troy Brown, that punt return. And then the punt return that got flagged against Philly in, um, in 39 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Are like the most Madden plays you could possibly have. It was like you're <laughs> like just pounding on the juke button. <laughs> and, and, and that's not a guy that you would think, oh, he's a, he's a WR1. Like unbelievable short area speed on that return. And then he's like, that's crazy. But you know what? That, they, they don't want that. They want the diva that runs straight down the field and monster throttles at the high point of the ball. That's what they want. You can't, those who know, know, right? Troy Brown's 2001, it might, he might've been the single biggest reason they were in position to win the Super Bowl. Day. He's 101 catches. Like you said, Mike, his, his explosiveness, his kind of short game explosiveness, I would argue that may not be a better Patriot ever with the, maybe the exception of Edelman and, and running after, with the ball after the catch. Just had a really, really good sixth sense about that sort of thing. So uh, the two th- recalling the 2001 season is definitely a highlight of my week for me. And you know, next week we get to put the, uh, the cherry on top mm. of the Sunday when we discuss Super Bowl 36 and we all have to call a doctor four hours later. <laughs> uh, have a couple of emails this week. Uh, one is from old friend Fijis. Um, he, want, he wants to know when his turn on the podcast is old, old board for the win. He also wants us to know that there's something wrong with the algorithm. When these two shows show up at the bottom of my podcast feed after listening to the latest in Town. And those two podcasts are Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast and God help me, the Kirk Minahan show. Oh. So I don't know what the hell is. Fetus, I don't know what the hell is going on there either. I so, like this. So, Go ahead. Uh, you know, Kirk, 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 you know, we all, you know, I know Scarcy has no use for him, but Kirk has been a big supporter of Mac Jones and the Patriots this year. So, um, you know, uh, I, I think we should give, give that a, a pass there. Look at this. But, we're, but we're Phil, Perry, Phil Perry, your smug face. You're stupid. You're not as smart as you think you are. Fuck off. <laughs> well, we can't keep this from co- becoming a Minifan chat anymore, Scartelli. I'm sorry. You, to, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Um, Vinny Jace checks back in. I'm glad to say that this is not the Vinny Jace Memorial email section. And I want to, I thought this was a really good question. And I, I want to throw it to Dan first. Um, our email from Vinny says nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. Even when you have the guy at quarterback, you're still likely to lose and not win the big one. Uh, what irks uh, Vinny about the aftermath of the season is people view Josh Allen's rookie year with more optimism with revisionist history than they do Mac's rookie year. People are hung up on arm strength and uh, told a player, uh, despite the fact they couldn't pick a skilled player themselves, what did Allen show leading the league's worst offense as rookie of the Jones didn't have show after commanding a top 10 offense? So his question is, why do people pretend Josh Allen was always the guy when it was clear it took patience in the Bills part when he showed nowhere near what Mac did in his first season? And before I throw it to you, Dan, here's Allen's stats in his rookie year. And he truly was a sawed-off shotgun for the, the two times we got to see him play his rookie year. He had 11 starts, 52.8% completion. Three years later, he's 70%. 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, six and a half yards in attempt, pretty pedestrian. Mac was almost 68% completions, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a, a decent 7.3 yards in attempt. Um, I thought it was a good question. What, how do you answer Vinny? It's uh, Ben Volan syndrome. It's shiny objects. It's the last thing I saw, um, coupled with a desire for that particular, who, who, who do they want to tweak? That's a, it's it's exactly what it is. It, Scarts, do you have any thoughts on the, the Josh Allen phenomenon, the new national binky Josh Allen? Well, it's not just him. There's a, a passel of uh, 
of tweets and uh, articles going around talking about all these great, young, exciting quarterbacks with one notable exception. Yeah. Who do you think that might be? McCorkle, your guy, McCorkle. Mm-hmm. You know, just complete. <laughs> it, 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 it's trolling. It's trolling of Patriots fans because people are not ready for New England to be back into the hunt. There was supposed to have been a uh, changing of the guard atop the AFC East, and it hasn't been official made official as of yet. There's still still plenty of this decade left. Mike on Route One. Uh, so much good in that email, Vinny. I'm like uh, like Vince Vaughn and Swingers dancing on the diner chair that my boy is all grown up. <laughs> 90s. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I love the start there. You know, even the great quarterbacks are likely to not win the Super Bowl. It's that's true. Um, it, it is. It, it is. It's a bizarre phenomenon. And I really love that whole thing in that on to Scarcey's point on Saturday and Sunday. The, oh, the next these years are going to be so great. And, and Allen and Mahomes and, uh, you know, and, and douchebag in San Diego, he, Hebert. And then in Lamar Jackson, the fucking Lamar Jackson should have to buy tickets to that shit. Come on. Is he, is he the best quarterback on his team? I, I Possibly, probably. But like, please pay him $40 million. Please, oh John Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. yeah, that's unbelievable. But what an email for Vinny. Good Lord. Vinny stepping up. Uh, John, wrap it up with uh, your thoughts on Vinny's email regarding the Josh Allen, uh, the, the newest shiny bauble, Josh Allen. Yeah, it's it's exactly as the guys have said. It's, I mean, it is hard to win. It, and, and you look at some of the great quarterbacks. I mean, Brett Favre won one Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers won one Super Bowl. Drew Brees won one Super Bowl. I mean, that that they're all considered great quarterbacks. They're all great quarterbacks. They won one Super Bowl. Dan Marino won zero Super Bowls. Um, you know, Peyton Manning won one Super Bowl and got dragged to a second one. John Elway won zero <laughs> Super Bowls and got dragged to two of them. You know, I mean, that's 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 the norm, right? What what Brady did, it, it, he has broken so many brains thinking that like, well, Tom Brady did it with his pedestrian athleticism, clearly a superior physical talent like Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes can go out and do even more things. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how the world works. It is really hard to win. And every year is different. You know, you, you, you called it a Ben Volan theory, Dan how about we just call it the Tom Curran theory because Tom Curran subscribe into the same bullshit and let's call that out. Right. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment here, but let me be a prisoner of the moment as Tom (laughs) Curran said on Twitter. Right. So, you know, these guys should know better. They should know that winning is hard. And instead they do want to troll their audience and tell you as Patriots fans that, you know, Oh boy, the, you know, sure is going to be hard to compete in the mighty AFC East with Josh Allen uh, for the for the you know next decade or so, and the 2021 bills are not the 2022 bills, and they're not the 2023 bills. And what the Patriots look like next year versus this past season, very very different. Do I like my chances? Absolutely. You know, they, current they won two fewer games. They won two fewer games, and 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 went one fewer one less round of the, in the playoffs. Like okay, exactly. Yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. And and this is the high watermark for Buffalo. It gets harder from here. The Patriots are on the ascent and the the bills are kind of at the apex. Yeah, it's you guys make great points. I was going to say that Curran's de-evolution into a hair plug version of Ben Voland is 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 really sad. It's 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 (laughs) unbecoming 
Yeah, for him. talk about shoe polish. Come on, <laughs> Irish Irish oatmeal brain is what has happened. It's a shame. It happens. Uh, let's go to our final thought segment. Scartelli, do you have a final thought? Or are you going to elegantly pass like you do once in a while? I for you know the previous. Uh, I just remember what it was a minute ago. Thank goodness. So here's my final <laughs> thought. Over uh, over the weekend, three of the uh, three of the favorites lost. Uh, three of the home teams, a, uh, a two seed and uh, two of the number one seeds who had uh, the buy before. So if, uh, if you were someone who was uh, putting, uh, putting money down on the, uh, down on the games, I just hope that you remember that uh, playing with health money does not mean betting your mortgage payment. <laughs> I would, I'm glad to see the our respective Irish oatmeal brains recovered in time. Scarts. So to remember our final thoughts. That's Mike, right. uh, Mike, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, um, I have a complicated relationship with the team over on the formerly Yaki way. And, um, it all and, comes back uh, to baseball, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if people think I'm a, I'm a Patriots homer, they should have, uh, they should have seen me, you know, circa pre 2004. Uh, so, you know, as much as I want to drag David Ortiz for, um, you know, not being the husband of the year and getting himself shot. And, and the fact that the Boston Globe has done zero heavy lifting on that and dove in, you know, dove into Bill Belichick's, um, you know, history, hoping to find some, you know, Serbian Croatian war criminals and his tax history on Nantucket. I do have to say uh, 2004 David Ortiz is about as pretty great as an athlete has ever been. Um, and the, you know, the, the, the playoff series against the Yankees, he was like, he was like fucking John coffee in the green mile, just taking this on. And it was like sucking the life out of him and watching him. It was like so much pressure and it didn't, it didn't get to him and he kept going and going and going. So uh, begrudging tip of the cap, but uh, you know, and, and of course seeing the video with Pedro there, that softens me a bit as well. So, uh, you know, any, anytime Pedro is within someone's circumference, I'm, I'm, you know, it, 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 it makes my, my, my cold heart grow a, a bit, a couple of sizes. So kudos to David Ortiz and I, I'm happy. And if you saw the video, Pedro's gotten a little soft as well. I will, I will <laughs> see, I will say regarding the 2004 thing, when Johnny Damon got thrown out the plate in first inning of game seven and everybody knew he was like, Oh fuck, here we go again. He hits the next pitch from Kevin Brown, a missile into the laughably short right field stands at Yankee Stadium. That was, you talk about going from the lowest low to the high of the high, almost like uh, after the uh, the Jermaine Curse catch in Super Bowl 49, Butler picking it off a few moments later. Just what a great positive turns and emotions. Uh, John, do you have a final thought? Yeah, real quick. Well, a couple things. Uh, thinking about that season, that 04 season, I will give you credit mike uh for one other thing i give you credit for recognizing tom brady's greatness uh early in the 2001 season i will also give you credit when the red sox won game four of the american league championship series after they got waxed in game three and the series looked like it was over and you know just another yankee you know beat down um they won game four and you and i talked that morning after the game and i said don't get your hopes up mike don't don't fall for it. You're falling for it. And you were like, you believed, you believed in that 04 team 
when they won game four, you believed they were going to come back and pull off the greatest comeback in the history of organized athletics, winning four straight from that Yankees team. So I will, I will tip my hat to you always and forever for that. Um, two other quickies. I will also tip my hat to Pat Mahomes in the, in the, you know, the legacy of who's going to be the all-time goat, which is clearly a two horse race now for all time between Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes has the edge if he can survive the crazy ass bitch in his life versus, <laughs> versus Brady. Now I will take super G, you know, seven days a week and twice on Sundays compared to that lunatic. So if he can somehow stay like out of drug dependency or suicidal tendencies or anything sticking with that chick, God bless Mahomes. That is a serious edge over Brady on that. And, and the last thing I'll say is um, hat tip to Dave Brown, counselor for the Entitled Podcast Network, coining the phrase, ceilings are the new cliffs. So we, we spent the last decade wondering about Brady's cliff, and now we're segueing into Max ceiling. And, you know, using Vinny's email, you talked about the wonderful season Mac had as a rookie completion percentage, decision-making, accuracy, all the things you want to see in a highly skilled quarterback, Mac was showing them off. But clearly the, the superstars on Twitter and in the Boston media have defined his ceiling. We are, we are already butting up against his ceiling, apparently. And uh, I would say to anybody who's listening to this, and I know the folks who listen to this wouldn't subscribe to that bullshit to begin with, but don't believe the hype. There's still plenty of growth in Mac Jones's game, and, and we're going to be here for it. Amen. Uh, I, I'll add on to that. I believe the phrase that pays for uh, Brittany Mahomes, I don't know if they're married, but for all our purposes, she's Brittany Holmes. The phrase that pays is shrieking harpy. And additionally, <laughs> he also has hit that brother of his. I, mean, I was going to make a, 2000, a 2004 reference regarding Jackson Mahomes. You know, we're celebrating. I thought that's who he was talking about. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Misogyny Today with your host, Patrick Scaratelli. <laughs> I will, Look, uh, I'll just say, I'll just say if there if, are no two know, laughs, there are just laughs. <laughs> you, you want to you get dated with a reference. I'll just say that Billy Carter thinks Jackson Mahomes is off the hook. <laughs> you think you're out of line, counsel. You're out of line. Uh, yeah, my final thought is this, you know, fuck you, Dan Shaughnessy. You know, say what you will about David Ortiz. You know, you profited off the misery of Boston fans years. I hope you're miserable tonight, Shank. And if you're not, just go look in the mirror. That'll do the trick. Um, uh, hard to believe. I want to throw my condolences out to Roger Clemens. Just kidding. I don't. I know it's killing him, and that's going to make my night tonight. This buds for you, Roger Clemens. Suck it, Ohio con man. Uh, Dan, the floor is yours for your final thought. Uh, with this weekend possibly signaling Tom Brady's final game. I thought what better way to honor him if he's truly retiring than to call up one of the earliest impressions of him back in 2001. So here's my final thought or what should have been Ron Borges's final thought <laughs> before being put out to pasture. This is Borges from October 8th, 2001, a piece entitled exposed to a tough D Brady struggles Dateline Miami. The New England Patriots quarterback controversy ended at 3.18 p.m. yesterday. That was the minute young Tom Brady fumbled a snap at his 14-yard line with only seconds left in the third quarter that was kicked backward 13 yards before the Dolphins' Jason Taylor picked it up 
and returned it a yard for a touchdown that made the score Miami 27, New England 10. It was to be expected if you possessed even a pee for a brain, which it became obvious by midweek that more than a few Drew Bledsoe bashers do not. What Brady did a week ago against the Indianapolis Colts was laudable. He gave his team the maximum for the minimum, which maybe means he should get an ad deal from TJ Maxx. What it did not mean, not ever, was that there should be any doubt who the starting quarterback of the Patriots is and which guy gives them the best chance to win. Frankly, Johnny Unitas and Joel Montana together wouldn't give them a great chance to win against most teams at the moment. But of the available options, Bledsoe is the answer to that question. He was before he got hurt, and he will be when he's healthy again in about five or six weeks. Brady hopefully put to rest the nonsense of a week ago when people who should know better were anointing him Bledsoe's immediate successor. The fact of the matter is Brady's a young player who does not have the arm or the reputation of Bledsoe, a reputation earned off performances against tight defenses like Miami's over the years. He did a good job against the Colts and as good as he could against the Dolphins. What he did not do and won't do anytime soon is replace Drew Bledsoe. Borges, of course, is the New England representative for Hall of Fame voting. When Brady is finally up for the Hall, he obviously won't need an advocate in the room. Borges won't need to make any speech. So I think he should just read the column that I just read to the whole room, and they can all have a good laugh, except for Peter King, whose vote will have been swayed to a no. <laughs> that's that's the, the kill shot. Um, does Mike Sando know his stuff or what? The plagiarist really... Uh, putting his agenda on display. In a career full of bad decisions, Drew Bledsoe choosing to, me, to be a source for Ron Borges is the uh, it's the cherry on top, his shit Sunday. Is that the record for the, the longest silver silver alert ever with Borges? Have we, have <laughs> we even tracked him down? Uh, yeah, crazy man screaming at, around, along the side of the highway in southeastern Massachusetts. Uh, Entitletown at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, we are on Twitter at Entitled Town. Scartelli is at the15net.com. He is the purveyor of the sports junk drawer uh, at Pat Scartell. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Uh, Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1. John is at That John Irons. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of Entitled Town. And never forget, turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Stewart takes the direct snap, stands up in the pocket, looks, fires down the field. Could be picked. It is. It's intercepted. Picked off by the Patriots. Falling to the ground at the 50-yard line is Lawyer Malloy. And the final seconds tick away. Patriots players coming out of the field. And we're heading to New Orleans as the American Football Conference champions.